0: home you're not alone there's ministering angels ministering spirits all around for whose benefit for yours to help you on the journey amen furthermore it's not just the angels but it's the one that's greater he said I'll be with you we heard it this morning I'll never leave you or forsake you Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? I want to welcome you all back to the house of the Lord. It's so good to be back in his presence. and Obviously, it wasn't too bad this morning if you all came back. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You know, we just love the Lord, don't we? It don't matter who's behind here or how he's feeling. It matters that the Lord is here. Amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles together, if you would. <clears throat> Seems if I've called, been called upon to preach two services, the Lord gives me enough for four, so we'll just trust the Lord tonight that we'll be short. Some of you smile, some of you go, oh, no. But, you know, we'll just trust the Lord. We won't hold you long tonight, and maybe just a couple hours, but won't be too bad. Amen. Philippians chapter 3. I'm just getting you ready for anything, so that way, whoever the Lord leads, you'll be ready. Amen. I might only have to preach for half an hour, and it might still be a couple of hours. It depends on how the Lord takes it, right? Depends on how you pull. Amen. And what you're expecting. If you're just expecting some words from Andrew Dodd and, you know, a little nice feel-good, that's all you're going to get. And that's all I'll be able to say. Because, you know, Jesus, the Son of God himself, went back to Nazareth. He couldn't do anything there because they weren't expecting anything. They were looking at him saying, I don't got no faith. That's just the son of a carpenter. You could look at me and say, that's just the son of the real preacher. Well, that ain't it. It's the same Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. I got my pity party out of the way, so let's read the scripture now. Philippians chapter 3, maybe first, let's just approach the author. If you have a need on your heart, you want to just lift it to the Lord tonight and say, Lord, remember me. I need you. Just show it to the Lord tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, we all could raise our hands. Lord, even if we don't, we all are healthy in body and have a good job, Lord, we need more of you. Father, we need you to reveal yourself in a greater way, Lord. Truly, that is the truth, for we're still here. Lord, if we really knew who we were and every last seed was in, Lord, we would already be stepped from time into eternity. Lord, we know not whether it be that it be one more seed or whether it be that we just need to take a step closer. But, Father, we're here tonight, Lord, to do just that, Lord. If there be one here that hasn't given themselves, Father, may they do it tonight. Amen. Lord, and may we also, each one of us together, Lord, just draw closer into one, yeah. in one spirit, Lord, in one mind, in one accord, Lord, calling on you that even so come, Lord Jesus, yeah. come. Father, just help me, Lord, just to overcome this flesh and get myself aside for, Lord, your gospel, Lord, is, is precious. Lord, it's life to me, and Lord, I pray you'd help me just to preach it as you give it, Lord. And Father, help my voice to hold out and I'd administer to your sheep, Father, for these, are, these aren't my people, and they're not Harold Hildebrandt's people. They're the people of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. They're the bride. Lord, I believe that's who I'm speaking to. Father, we commit each one to you, each need, Lord. May you step, as Brother Tim has prayed, from seat to seat, from heart to heart. And meet every need, Lord. We love you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Philippians chapter 3. As I've already said, we're going to speak tonight on the blending together of the negative and the positive. You could take a subtitle of the blending of time into eternity, but we'll just leave it at that. But here in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. We'll actually back up a scripture, Sister Ruth. Verse eleven it says, "If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus of Christ. Jesus, brother, and I count not myself to have apprehended." But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. Now let me ask you this question. Was Paul born again? Yes, sir. He already had a new birth experience, but here he says, I count not myself to have apprehended. where he's saying I'm forgetting the things which are behind. I'm not going back through there. I'm pressing to forward. I'm reaching out to something beyond I've got the new birth, but there's more. Amen. I want more of God in my life. Praise be to God. I want to deal tonight maybe not so much on the new birth level, but I want to go beyond that. If you'd help me with that and just pull on the word. and um, Let's just carry on here in verse 14. It says, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything be otherwise, and if anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. let us mind the same thing. Now let's not forget the things that have gone behind. Let's not forget what God's done for us. Let's mind those things, Let's mind those rules, but let's also go on with God. Amen. Let's not forget all of the the standards and the doctrines and the foundations of faith. Let's not forget those things, but let's not stop there. We're looking and we have the capstone. And now he says, nevertheless, or, or, or verse 17, brethren, be followers together of me. Wow. I like that. He's the one that come and said, if an angel or any other thing come and preach any other gospel, let him be accursed. Yeah. And here he says, if you, if you want to follow something, follow me. Because yeah. what's he following? He's following Christ. Yeah. He Saying, if you can't see that, just follow me. Follow this message, it will lead you to Christ. Yeah. And if you look at it, it may just help you read in the Bible. If you look at the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and even Acts often is dealing with a new birth. And a new birth revelation, and Christ is often speaking of that. But if you go into the books that Paul begins to write, he's dealing a lot on the spirit realm. And he talks beyond a new birth to help you to live with a new birth. Because that's significant and that's key today because we've had the Holy Ghost the outpouring for a long, long time. And now many of you have had the new birth and walked in the new birth a long time. But don't be discouraged to think, I need another baptism. No, there's one baptism, many refillings. And in those refillings, it's a cleaning out, a constant repentance of the Spirit. Yeah. Now, we better finish the scripture or we're gonna, you're going to stand all service. says, for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their name or is in their shame, who mind earthly things. We've seen many of those come and become a fruition. We won't spend much time on that. But he says this, if this doesn't sober you, I'm going to tell you nothing will. He says, for our conversation is in heaven. What we say echoes through the halls of heaven. Our conversation, it's not just said and forgotten. It just keeps going around and around. It's on a record. It'll be brought back forward. Brother Branham wasn't just pulling that out of thin air saying there's voices going around. If we had the right amount of equipment, we'd be able to pick up the literal voice of Jesus Christ. No, he pulled it right out of the scripture where he says your conversation is in heaven. It's recorded. And he says, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. That is the bringing back together of the covenant. As we spoke about this morning, the rending out or the tearing out of the spirit he sent to you in his body, where he says, we'll be changed in our body back like to his glorious body. Praise be to God at what? The coming back together of the covenant, the fulfillment of it, according to the working whereby he is able, even to subdue all things unto himself. Amen. May the Lord as a blessing to the word you may be seated. Hallelujah. as I said, I want to speak tonight on the mixing of and the blending together, not just a mixing, but the blending together of the negative and the positive, because that's the time that we're living in. We're living in a time when the positive has come so close to the negative, they're, they're blending together and 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 the, the the negative we know is like brother Branham would describe it, uh, many quotes here on it where he talk about his hand you know he t- take it like a shadow where he put his hand down on it and the shadow was there but as he got closer and closer you begin to see what it really was because when it's way back here it's like he maybe has 10 fingers or something and you can't really understand it all that well but when it comes down to it, you begin to understand exactly what it is that's the positive Amen. And he would speak and he would say this in the message Abraham's Covenant confirmed in 1961. He says, now, what do we do when we receive the Holy Ghost? We take God's life into ours. Is that right? He says, we, we blend God's life in ours. We blend it in. We blend God's life and ours. Notice when there's a blending together, as I said this morning, when you blend together a smoothie or a milkshake or something in the blender, you don't end up picking out the individual parts anymore. It's all together. It's the same way if you take colors, you take two colors, you blend them together. You can't pick them back out separate again. You can't pull that chemical back apart. It's made a new color. It's something completely different now. And you can't pull it apart. You can't differentiate and say, oh, that's blue and yellow or that's this color and that color. No, it's made a new color now. It's something that's totally different. It's blended together. Even though it is made up of the two parts, it's made up of that, that God's own life is blended into ours. It's not, it's not just that it's done away with. No, he recognizes that we are human. There is an element to it that we are the flesh part, that we have to walk and subject ourselves to him, but it's his life in us. See, so it's blending it together where now we need to be subject to him. There's a, an element of us and there's an element of him, but let it be so mixed together that we can't tell the difference. Not that all of a sudden we're just walking our way and walking his way and walking there. No, but there's a direction to where it's no longer, Lord, this is my will and this is your will. Two separate things, but it's all come down to his will. Because what's greater, the servant or the master? The master is greater and he's the master. The greater takes over the negative. The positive takes over the negative. Never when a negative and a positive come together does the negative take over the positive. The positive takes over the negative. He says, we're sons of God because we draw from God. The Holy Spirit that makes us sons of God. What does that do? It gets us ready then. For what? For the change. It makes us ready for the change that's fixing to come. Spirit filled, just leaned right on his bosom and keep drawing. Like El Shaddai, the breasted God. Just lay right on his bosom. Just keep sucking your strength from him. Keep drawing from him. You say, I've already got the new birth. Wonderful. Keep drawing from him. Amen. Don't stop there. Don't just say, Ah, oh, praise the Lord. I'm sealed today in my redemption. I can go fishing every day of my life. That's wonderful. But don't stop there. There's more to be had for you. Amen. Praise be to God. Just lean right on his bosom and keep drawing. And we get changed one of these days. And right away, too, he says, I can promise that. That's in 1961. He says, right away, I can promise that. Praise be to God. I'm holding him to his promise. Right away, we're going to be changed. (laughs) Amen. Let me just read a couple more quotes, and then we'll just break into this. As the stumps growed from Wesley through from Luther to Wesley to Pentecost, and now is honing out those Pentecostals, and those that's got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The same, and shall come someday the headstone, Christ Jesus, in these last days. Now, he's saying this in 1962, knowing that he's coming now 1963 is when the headstone began to come down, when the seals were revealed, and we had the, the cloud up in the sky, and it's Jesus and the supreme deity, he began to, to show that, what that was, you just take that, remember the picture, turn it to the right, right? And then look, see, there's Christ, he says, what is it? That's the supreme deity, he's supreme judge. See, but now in 62, he says, someday will come the headstone, Jesus Christ, in these last days. He says, and we'll have a ministry just like his. His whole spirit, as it gets closer, 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 the negative becomes so positive that after a while, the negative and the positive just blend together. Church and Christ make one, and we're flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. You believe it like the light in the evening time. There shall be light in the evening time. We're here today. See, now look what he's talking about. He's talking about the Spirit of God, the headstone ministry, the capstone coming down, the Son of Man ministry coming down, where he says it's coming closer and closer and closer. What is it? Till it's right on you. Till the positive, because that's the positive. We're living the negative. We are the negative in our human flesh, and he's the positive. As it comes down closer until there becomes less and less difference between the positive and the negative. He says you see he's the anti-top he's the positive and that was the negative that's the shadow just like my shadow and this is the shadow of my hand and the, my shadow he says my it would be myself and there's a shadow he says it's much more real this right here is much more real than the shadow That I'm making. You can look at the shadow and see something coming, but it's not real. It's just something that's waiting for the positive to come and unite with it. But he says it's much more real than myself. He says, listen, how much more Jesus is real tonight in the Holy Spirit. After being lifted up at Calvary for a sinful war, cursed with sickness, and now through though he's lifted up, he was wounded for our transgressions. With his stripes, we are healed. Then, besides that, he returned from the cross, went from the cross to the grave, returned back. The body went up to heaven. The Father, God, his spirit returns back to earth. There's the covenant we spoke about this morning, lives among his people. Praise be to God. So what's he saying? He's saying, listen, it's the same covenant that's there, but the other part of the covenant, it's coming down. There's the Spirit of God that's now coming down to make himself so that the body of Christ would become like one. Now let me just talk to you about the pyramid a little bit. We all know what the pyramid is. It's God's second Bible. His first Bible was in the stars and the heavens. He wrote the stars and all of these things. But now his second Bible, the round we talk about, we say it was in the pyramid. But now this pyramid is such a great type of the third Bible or such a type also of the bride and Christ. He said the pyramid is so perfect. If any of you has, has been there, you can't run a razor blade hardly. There's no border in it as far as we know. The architecture of it is so great how they lost the headstone. They don't know where it is at. Now then, that headstone returns. When the headstone returns, it'll be just like the rest of it. It will blend in with the stone that's left open. If you, could, if you should put the headstone on it, it have to be that way. Okay, that's just exactly what he's saying. He's saying these stones, this pyramid that's built up, it's missing the headstone. But he says all these other stones that are building up, they're fit so perfectly together. There's so much in one that you can't even put a razor blade between them. That's God's second Bible, right? The third one's right here, the one that's supposed to be in your heart. And what's it doing? It's putting every body part fitly joined together just so. So the razor blade can't be put between you. So that no matter how much Satan tries to put brother against brother and sister against sister and brother against the sister, he can't do it because they're so fitly joined together, every joint supplying. Yeah. Praise be to God. That is so the body fit together, ready for what? The capstone, the headstone, Jesus Christ, the chief and cornerstone to come down and cap it right off perfectly because it has to be that way in order for it to fit. Well, if the body parts are all over the place, if the stones are just all over the field, the headstone's not going to fit. Sorry, my voice isn't really here tonight. You pray for me. He says, and when Jesus comes, he'll find a church that's washed, without spot or wrinkle, and it'll be the same ministry that he had. It'll bring back the headstone. Listen, it's not that he's just coming down and saying, oh, they're not ready for me yet. I'll go back. And come down here, oh, no, I'm still not ready. Go back. No, he says, it's you will have the same ministry that he had. Yeah. Be so fitly joined together, it will call down the headstone. Praise be to God that it will call it down into you. Why? It'll perfectly cap off the church. Exactly like my hand here. The positive and the negative coming together till finally darker, denser, darker till it's together. That's when the church in Christ unites together as the bride with the same spirit that was in him will be upon her when the bride comes from justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost into the last days and honing her down now for the coming of the Lord. I want to catch that. It's not just we, we, we spend so much time on that justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Spirit, but there's a little line in there he puts in there, and honing her down now. After she's received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now honing her down. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Familiar scriptures to us, but go with me here. <clears throat> all right Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 says and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children my son despise not thou the chastenings of the Lord notice he's not saying my sinner my son you've already had a birth my son, despise not the chastenings of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. So I, when I'm born am I going to get rebuked? Yeah. You will. And for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receiveth. Whom he what? He receiveth. He's already receiving. But what's he doing? He's scourging it. He's chastising it. He's honing it down to perfectly fit like the masterpiece. Praise be to God as Brother Bradham preached the message, the masterpiece. When he talks about Michelangelo and the the masterpiece of Moses and how he, he just honed it down and honed it down till it was just so perfect. He struck it to speak. Why? It was just, he looked so lifelike. It was exactly the negative that he had in his head had become the positive. It had exactly come out exactly the way he thought it should be. It was so real to him. Praise be to God. So is it with the bride of Jesus Christ. You are his masterpiece that he's honing. He's, he's, he's doing all the little things. It seems like, oh, I've already come so far. But they're just little things. When it gets down to the end of a sculpture, he just takes a little cloth and just starts rubbing and rubbing. And rubbing a little over here, a little over here. Seems like, why is he always just rubbing on this one part? Why? Because a cloth takes a while to take anything off. It takes a while to polish it up. Why is he always on that thing over there? Why are we always talking about the seed and the original seed? Why are we always talking about the blood of Jesus? Why are we always talking about this? Why? it? Why? It's a little cloth now. It's not chipping you out of denomination down at the quarry, a big old hammer. Blur, come on. No, we're past that. Yeah. We don't forget those things. That was all for a purpose that he called you out. It was all for a purpose that when you first got here, my, you might have long hair and earrings and all these things. of a man and necklaces and a sister come with pants on and shorts and all these things. And God just takes a big old whack off it. Oh, I can't do this anymore. Why? Because it's God creating a masterpiece. Yeah. And he takes another big piece off, takes another big piece off. and takes another one off till finally you feel like, God, I've come so far. I've been through so much. Why is it still just going on? It seems like the Word of God is just being preached and preached and preached. And it's just a little something, a little tweak here, a little tweak there. Why? Because the masterpiece, I believe, is coming so close. Amen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He says, if we endure chastising, God then deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chastises not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. He says, what really are you? Says, if you deal with the chastisement, I'll deal with you as sons. If you take it like a man... In other words, if you can take it and say, Lord, that was for my good. He says the reason, everyone, everyone, we just have to be tried. God's whip laid on us. That's hard. Seems like being innocent. God is doing that to prove that we are sons. He's doing it to prove that we're not illegitimate children. We're, but we are the not, but we are the true sons of God. But but that man and woman who could stand and take the whipping and everything going wrong and still look up and say, "Lord, I love you." Yeah. That's the one. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. I love that, don't you? praise be to God that's the words of the prophet he says I love that oh sometimes it's so hard but he says I love it when he lays his whip down across us again and again and again oh it seems so hard but Andrew why am I going through this game everything's falling apart again if you're not bad enough we feel sorry for me my transmission blew up on Thursday Lord I love you not just because I'm reading this quote but seriously it was like it's a piece of car it's a hunk of metal It's a man-made piece of machinery that's going to break, but there's something I got that don't break. (laughs) Well, this body might break. Even the spirit might break. You have a nervous breakdown or something. That's just the devil riding your case, but still look up and say, Lord, I love you. Listen, church, if that's all you can do, if that's the only thing you can do, do it. He said, I'm not being much good to my brother and my sister because I'm just, I'm so crushed right now. Just look to him and say, Lord, thank you for my trials. If you went over to James and James chapter 1, you'd find just exactly that, just a few pages over. If I can even find it. James chapter 1, my brother encountered all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Just look to him and say, thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, I done crashed my car and got my forehead all banged up. I love you, Lord. Amen, yeah. hey, brother Caleb. You might have crashed a car, crashed another one, crashed another one. I love you, Lord. You might have lost a job, lost another one. You got another one comes off. It's just for three months. And the next thing you know, a month and a half and it's gone. I love you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That giveth to man liberty and upbraideth not. In other words, he doesn't harshly deal with you. It's, it, he deals with you with enough grace to know that you can handle it. Yeah. And it shall be given him. Brother Branham says this in the message of Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and forever. He says, But the reason why did he refuse Balaam and accept Moses is because there were signs and wonders. As Brother Branham says, he says, God was a vindicating. They had divine healing, a brass serpent, they had smitten rock, they had joy, they had leading spirit, they had a pillar of fire, they had everything among them, signs and wonders, God proving that he had accepted them. Now, it sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Praise God, they got divine healing. That means they had sickness. Praise God, they had a brass serpent, that means there was a plague. That means they had to look up. So oh, they had a smitten rock, yeah, because they went without water. Yeah. Oh, they had manna, that's because they were hungry. Yeah. Oh, they had shoes that didn't wear out, clothes that never went threadbare. Why? Because they didn't have anywhere to get clothes. They had a pillar of fire to lead them. Why? Because that was all they had. They didn't have a road map. They didn't have anything else. They didn't have a clue where they were going. And that pillar of fire kept them in the wilderness 40 years. What a guide. Think about it. Naturally speaking, what a guide. He said, you're going to walk around in a circle for 40 years. Go out in your car with the John and drive around the a circle for 40 years. You're going to get pretty sick and tired of seeing the same signs over and over and over and over again. But that was the guide that God gave them. That was the guy that they needed to take them through. It was God himself veiled in a pillar of fire, veiled in a cloud by day. It was God coming down. But what was it? It was because they needed those things. God was proving to them over and over, you're my children. You're my children. And why was he, how was he doing it? I give them sickness so I could heal them. I give them a plague so that I could cause them to look up. To do what? To to create a type of my son that's going to come. Oh, God. Think about it in the life of Paul. Thank you, Brother Ray, for what you said during the song service. Well, there's Paul and Silas in the jail that night. They were in a jail cell. You could just look at the positive side. Oh, they were singing. Have a wonderful time. They were in the inner prison. They were bound hand and foot. They were in stocks. There was no way of getting out. They didn't have anything to do. So they just said, well, let's sing some songs, I guess. They began to look at the positive. They were living out the negative, but they began to look to the positive and see there's something greater that's coming down. And the positive came right down and smoked the prison. Hallelujah. It shattered the negative. And they were so caught up in the positive that when all the doors were open, the chains were loose, they just stayed right there. He said, why are we go anywhere? The positive's here. It came to me, so why am I going somewhere else? Praise be to God. And the jailer said, let me wrap myself with my sword. Let me just kill myself because they'll kill me. He said, no, 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 no. Let me lead you to Christ first. Why? Because they were living in the positive. They weren't living in the negative. They were looking at the negative. Stop looking at the negative tonight. Stop looking at the trials and temptations. That's what Brother Brown's saying. He says they could have been looking. The Hebrew children. They were looking at the negative. They're were, oh, we're so tired. Oh, we don't have any water. Oh, we're hungry now. You let us under to die. We had leeks and garlics. Oh man, this is terrible. We had houses back in Goshen. We're just out here in tents. Well, they could have said many, many things. The Bible says they were murmuring. They had all kinds of things to say, all kinds of complaints. Why? They were living in the negative. They were looking at the negative. But here was God. Here was three of them. Moses, Caleb, Joshua, that were busy looking at the positive. They said, well, what are you talking about negative? Why go manna? What are you talking about? You don't go water. There's water from a rock. I'm not looking for anything else. He said, oh, we're sick of this bread. Joshua says, I'm happy. I'm looking at the positive because I'm going somewhere. I'm looking to something. Praise be to God. He wasn't Oh, when they came time and they sent 10 spies over. There are 12 spies. Sorry, 10 of them came back. and 10 of them came back and said, oh, we're not able. What were they saying? We'd like to stick around for the bread and maybe once in a while have some quail. Joshua and Caleb says, listen, this is what I've been looking at. This is the promise I've been looking at. This is the grapes and the milk and the honey that I've been looking forward to. This is what's been keeping my attitude up the whole time I'm in the desert. The whole time I'm out here wandering around with you bunch of whiners has been, I've been looking at this. And you're going to tell me I can't go take it. I'm more than able. As a matter of fact, footsteps is possession. They were looking at that. Caleb started looking at that so much that he became, just kept looking at Footsteps is possession. So he went to Joshua one day and says, hey, Joshua, you remember when we went and scouted the land? Where did we walk? That's right, I walked all around that mountain. I walked all around it. Why? Wow, because he was saying, footsteps is possession. And he just kept walking. He just kept walking. Why? Because he was looking at a promise. Yeah. He, he knew that God was more than able to fulfill the promise. So he just kept on walking in that. It encouraged him when he was able in that encouragement to go fight. Your battle, your battle, your battle, your battle, your battle, your battle. And until everybody else had received their inheritance. Then he went to Joshua. Said, now what about me? What a promise. You got such a promise in this word that says that you, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together. Amen. Praise God, all things work together for good to them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Praise be to God, you are already glorified. What a promise that he has given you, so why are you grumbling? Yeah. Start fighting somebody else's battle because you got enough encouragement that you know one day you're going to be more than an overcomer. You're going to go and you're going to possess your land. Praise be to God. we got too much of this. I'm not sure if I said the right thing when I was witnessing. If you said anything to anybody about the Lord Jesus, you said the right thing. Don't let the devil bind you up like that and say, oh, maybe I should have said it different. I should have said that way or this way or I missed something else. No, that's the devil that attacks you afterwards. God gave you a Holy Spirit. Why? So he could testify of him. So you could be a witness for him. Same way it was when you were there in the beginning that you were a witness of exactly what was going on. Let there be. You're the same one today as a witness of what's going on saying, let there be a bride. Let there be a, a holy people in this evil and perverse generation. Let there be. You're the witness. Hope it's not too straight for you. God proving that he's accepted you. Furthermore, if you want to take Paul, Paul always amazes me. Because here's Paul, they come back to Jerusalem, they said, don't go back to Jerusalem, they'll arrest you. You're a wanted man there. What he says, I know. That's why I'm going back there. I know I've preached this before, but God said I get to go to Rome. And the cheapest way to get to Rome is to go to Jerusalem so they can arrest me, put me in a ship, personally escort me, and they're going to take me by a little island where we're going to have a shipwreck and we're going to have a revival there. It's going to be a wonderful time. And then we're going to go up to Rome and I'm going to testify there. There's a man that's living in spirit. He's looking at the positive. But there's the brothers around him saying, brother, look at the negative. You're gonna be arrested. This is a terrible thing. He's, oh, praise the Lord. This is exactly what I need to get me to where I gotta go. Because I'm living in the positive, or I'm living on the Holy Spirit, that he controls all these things anyways. If he wanted the ship to wreck, if he wanted everyone else to die except for me, to go free, he would have done it that way. But God didn't want it to happen that way. He wanted him to come as a prisoner, be a testimony of that centurion, be a testimony of all those. What do you do? Make a fire, right? When got some sticks, a viper come out and tsk, lashed onto him. He was so in the spirit he went. Well, he was so meditated on Mark sixteen. pick up deadly serpents, they shall not hurt them. He was just meditating on the words of Jesus. It wasn't some super spiritual thing. You know, Jesus said, "Shake this old devil off." Jesus said, "I'm more than an overcomer." What do you have in your life? What are you struggling with? What are you having a hard time with? Jesus said, yes. so it's not written in red. Every word in there is written under inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So last time I checked is the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, you're an overcomer. Jesus said, he whom the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. Shake the old devil off. Man, we we'll talk about it. Just be like a finger flick. Jesus could just cast it out with a flick of His finger. Why? Why is it so hard for us? It's not about getting up and working yourself up in some great big prayer. And, oh God, hear me! Oh God, hear me! In vain repetition. Jesus said, don't pray that way. Just pray simply, claiming the promises. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, where it's done perfectly and followed to the letter. Let it be done in my life. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Living in the spirit. Notice the word now when you promise. Where are we at? Where are we living today? What's the hour today? It says the manifesting of the Word of God, like it is in all hours. Word of God is so simple, isn't it? He said, What's happening today in the Word? It's being manifested. He says, You got the message of the seven church ages. He says, Watch exactly how each one of those beasts went out. He talked about the lion, the ox, man, the eagle. Each one went out, they followed, the beast followed after them. Watch exactly if it didn't hit down through the Reformer's age and every age, just exactly the way it was supposed to be. He's preaching about his, his message. He preached in seven church ages. Most of you have all read it. If not, you're reading it. But we find that, that here we have four beasts that went out the lion, the ox, man, and the eagle. And he says, it's talked about in Revelation, it's given to John on the Isle of Patmos. And so now John writes it down. And what happens exactly the way it said it, it was fulfilled. Brother Adam showed it in the, in, the, in the Revelation of the seven church ages. Brother Adam showed it exactly that way. This is exactly the way it was manifested. Every word in its day. Exactly what the word said. And so will the Holy Spirit manifest today. Just exactly what the Bible said it would be. We see the shadowing in the heavens and on earth. And all things and the councils are getting things ready. Now, I asked Brother Brothers for a big spotlight so I could show this. But that's all right. The negative and the positive. He's saying all of heavens and earth are shadowing. What's happening as Christ is coming down? All of man and religion has been looking at it and taking their own picture of it. Try to say, oh, it's this. That's why we got the World Council of Churches. Why? They're not doing that to be bad people. They're under spirit. They're not doing it to be bad and we're going to get together and we're going to be anti Christ. No, they think they're of Christ. And they're doing these things, and they're getting together in that way. Because they're looking at the negative. They're looking at the shadow. Like Brother Brown says, if I had a shadow in my hand, you look out there, it'd be like I had 10 fingers, or about this distance, like 20 fingers. It'd just be a huge hand up there. And you'd be looking, at it, and say, oh, it's this big, and it's all of that. But when finally the, the, the positive comes right down, you see it's just the Word. Yeah. See, when it's way back here, it seems like it's all these things. seems like this is all a part of it, but it's not. That's just the negative. But when it comes right down to it, right down real close, real close like it is now, closer, 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 positive begins to blend together. You begin to see it's Christ. Amen. That's exactly what brother Brandon was preaching at in the last three years of his ministry. Christ is the mystery of God revealed. Christ is that negative you've been looking at this whole time. Thinking it's this and thinking it's that. It's just Christ. See, he said, we see that in the midst of all that, all that the denominations are trying to do and different religious ones, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ promised for this day manifesting itself. We're living in a wonderful time. He says, shalom to you who have the word down in your heart. Oh my, time is just slipping away. He says, look. Look at him where he stands. Elohim. Walked out, talked to Abraham. Now, we're just turning a little bit of a corner here, so stay with me. Hold on. Says, he says, walked out and talked to Abraham, the great patriarch, when he said he talked face to face with God. Elohim, the same God. Get it? Not three people, brother. Three offices of the same person. In the beginning was the same. He was the great spirit, fountain where all the trueness, all the love, all the peace, everything that was pure was in this fountain. And it began to form a body, a theophany, a kind of body like we go to. Not a glorified body, but like an angelic body, like it has shape and form. That's what he blew. But the Ram would say he picked up some, some, some dust and he blew into it, stepped into it, said, Here, Gabriel, you step in here, here, you, you step in here. And he blew himself one and stepped in there. What's he happy? He says, It's a body like unto the one that we'll be going to, like a theophany or an angelic body, kind of like that. He says, We'll be going into that. He says, That's exactly what he did. God himself stepped down into that to do what? To come in fellowship with Abraham. It says, every time I see a tree, he just, almost like he just switches gears here, but catch this, same quote. He says, every time I see a tree, I think that tree is the negative. There's a positive somewhere. The tree was made off of something. An intelligence made it. And all this earth does is reflect the heavenly. That's all it does. The Bible said so. If there is a tree here that has to perish, there's one in glory that won't perish. He says this, he says, if I see a man, I see a lovely young couple, man and his wife walking down the street, sweethearts together, what does it reflect? Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's one in heaven that'll never perish. Amen. He says, if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have another one already waiting, the theophany. He says, then you get the Trinity. Oh, I like that. He spends so much time getting rid of the Trinity. He says, here's the Trinity. <laughs> And he says, the great spirit or God dwelling in the son, Jesus, and Jesus dwelling in the church. There it is. He says, by that day, you'll, at, at that day you'll know that I am in the Father, the Father in me, I in you, and you in me. He says, that God was, he poured into Jesus, all that Jesus was, he poured into the church. There you are. I and the Father, the Father in me, I and you, you and me. He says, there's the body. There's the body, honed down, fitly joined together. What is it? It's Christ in you. It's Christ in you, shaping you, molding you from the inside out. Now let's get into that. He says now he's asked the question in, in, in questions and answers in 1964. Questions and answers number three he gets asked the question: please explain the mystery of the translation of the bride. Now, this is a phenomenal quote. I hope you can catch it here. He says, just a change, see our bodies. Now let's say you know what I mean. He says, I, I don't mean to be sacrilegious. I don't mean to say are. I don't mean to say this church. I mean to say every believer. Abraham, when he was looking for the promised son. Now, when he talks about the change in the moral bodies, he goes back to Abraham almost every time. And he talks about he's, he's, he's looking for a promised son that, is, is prom, that was promised him. Is that right? And the church is looking for a promised son. The bride, is that right? The bride is looking for the promised son. That's why we preach and say you've been impregnated with the seed of God. Why? Because you're looking for a promised son, but this promised son will not be like Sarah's promised son where it came out and it was birthed in a natural way. That's not it. This is something else that we're going to, the promised son. Well, he says, uh, uh, before the promised son could come, Sarah and Abraham, their bodies had to be changed. Is that right? Amen. She was too old to have a baby. She had no milk veins in her breast. Her breast was dried up. Her womb wasn't fertile. She was sterile. She could not have a baby. Her heart was too old to stand labor. So what happened? Now, there's types to all that. If you look at it in Sarah, there's types to all those things. She's too old to go into labor. You say, Brother Andrew, it's not like a a natural birth the way it is. Yeah, you can get too old to be able to stand the trials that God wants to put you through, to hone you down, to bring forth the promised son. In other words, you get too fragile. Anybody say anything, it's just, oh, stumbling block. You know, there's some things that stumble people, church, maybe we ought to stop shuffling around. Catch that? We say, oh, that that brother's tie was crooked. I didn't get anything out of the service. That stumbling block is so tiny. You're busy walking like this. Pick up your feet a little bit. Recognize you're a mature body of Jesus Christ. You're a bride here. You're not babes in Christ anymore. You're not just babes in the Word anymore. Hey, man, can we agree to that? We're not looking around and say, "Oh, his voice is croaky," or this one over that. Bro, I don't like the way he shook my hand. Stop shuffling around. If I preach on that, I'll beat you hard. Let's carry on. He says, we see Abraham, the same thing. Because he said his body was as good as dead, see? And he had to change their body in order to receive the promised son. He says, and we cannot receive the promised son that's promised to us today in these bodies that we live in. These bodies are sin. Yeah. These are bodies are unredeemed. We can't go and be in his presence in these bodies. It can't happen. Amen. The first conscience controls this body. See, taste, feel, smell, and hear. And that, that just gets us all scrupled up. We reason everything else. That also deals with the spirit. We reason everything else. Reasoning, affections, memory, conscience, and then the other one. Imagination. All those other things. It says, but the new body, but that new body that comes from this born again, not this first conscience, it'll pass away. It's that inside something that lives. You understand that? See, it's not the outside. See, taste, feel, smell, and hear. That's subject to death, and it will die. But the inside part of you down here in the soul, the born again, down here inside, that is the person that cannot die. Brother Brown would say you can no more die than God can die, right? Because that's a part of God. It's God's own life, see? And that's the person that the new life starts from is this new birth. That's where it begins. See, that's where it starts is in that new birth down in the soul. And he says, that's now where it starts and that cannot die. But he says, and it builds another person in the image of this person around that life. Now think about that. He's talking about your theophany and your body change. He says, it starts in your soul. And it begins to create like a blending of the negative and the positive. Like a blending of who you are here and who you will be there. There's a blending together, a blending of time. Yeah. That now we have where this, this life that's in you by a new birth, it begins to create and to form around itself a new body after the image of this one out here. That's why it'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye because it's already being created. Where? In another dimension. Amen. Amen. So, so, potentially, it's in here. But what is it? The word promised before the foundation of the world that around there, this body only reflects the negative. The new life, though, created in the body will reflect the positive. If we could just get a hold of that. The same spirit that dwells in you, that raised up Jesus from the dead, if it, 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 it that raised Jesus from the dead, if it dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal body. It's not that this flesh will be Quicken and all of a sudden this flesh is going to be something holy. No, but that new life in me, that life that is quickening my mortal body, it's creating itself a new body to just step into eternity with. I hope you can catch that because it's not just another body that's just way out there and you're just waiting for it one day. No, that's not it. When God, when you were there in the beginning of God, it wasn't God walking around with an army of theophanies. You were an attribute. You were in his mind and his thoughts. And he spoke that thought and that became you. But you had to be born of this world because of the fall. You had to come in a fallen condition. But it wasn't the way God always saw it. He saw you as you were now in a perfect state. He saw you as you should be. He saw you as a part of himself. This is just the negative. There's a positive that's coming down. And there's a positive that's being created in you. Blending together. Now he says this, and the same thing, oh, the translation of the bride will be the same thing. The word that's in you the body will materialize around that word. Hallelujah. The body, the theophany will just materialize around the word that's already in you, around the new birth that you've already received. And the same thing he did by Sarah. Before, when that old body that she had, that first body, it had to be changed in order to produce a son. You get it? The body could not do it. This body cannot do it, so it'll have to be changed the same way to receive a son. Why does he go back to Sarah? Because they didn't die and come back to life. Sarah and Abraham one day didn't just, go and they come back like a ghost in a glorified body. No, they still got old again. But it was something in them—a promise that word of God, the promise of God that just kept revoluting, revoluting, just kept going around, blending, blending, mixing, mixing, doing what? Taking over until they begin to recognize and look in perhaps the mirror one day and begin to see that old white hair wasn't so white anymore. Those old wrinkles on Sarah's face, they begin to straighten out and get in line again. Why? Because their body was being formed around the word of God that was already in her. And it was already there, but it began to put on and materialize on the outside. Praise be to God that we which are alive and remain shall be changed. We'll be changed. We don't have to die and then get resurrected again. No, we'll be changed in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. Why? Because the same life, the life of Jesus Christ that's in us, that's moving and molding and shaping and, and honing down this masterpiece. Why? So that in a moment of a twinkling, it can just all of a sudden just... Back to your perfect self, once again, a theophany body, just right there within yourself. You see, Brother Andrew, how does that affect me to live today? Simple. Keep trusting the promise. Because it affected Abraham every day of his life. Even when he was getting old and he was getting on to being 99 years old and he was getting up to be about 100 and all of these things, he's getting older and older. He just kept holding on to the promise. It affected him every day. But the Bible would say, he keep asking Sarah every day, how you feeling, honey? How you feeling, honey? Any different? No, I'm still the same. No, I'm still the same. No, I'm still the same. That's why you today, that's why sometimes in the flesh, in the reasoning of the mind, this is so hard to believe. Yeah. Right. Why? Because you don't feel it. You don't feel any different right now. You're looking at me like, come on, Brother Andrew. Look at me, man. I'm still the same old person. You're not changing at all. I still got these troubles, and it's hard to raise my hands, and it's hard to sit down, and my knees, they're cracking, and this is happening. Why? Because it's that fast. Keep asking yourself every day, you feeling any different yet? No, I'm not feeling any different yet. Am I feeling any different tomorrow? Feeling different Today? How about yesterday? Now, I feel different than yesterday. Sometimes worse. But that's okay. Keep, keep calling on to the promise of God. I shall be changed. Amen. Amen. The rapture is a process. The rapture, you are the rapture. Why? Because the rapture is a process because there's got to be this word in your heart. But the body change is not a process. The body change is like that. Amen. We get them mixed up all the time. We think that's the rapture. No, the rapture is you being raptured in your spirit to be able to take the body change in it, to be able to produce itself or to manifest itself or to materialize itself completely on the outside. That's the rapture. The body change is just the culmination. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing with the new birth. See, what is the new birth? Some places, Brother the says the new birth and the, holy, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is two different things. Some places, it's the same thing. Why does he say that? Why? Because they are two different things, but they are the same thing. (laughs) You confused yet? (laughs) Why? Because the new birth really is a culmination of justification, sanctification, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit put together. You can have the baptism of the Holy Ghost every day of your life in your spirit realm and go to hell. You can feel it. You can sit in this presence every day of your life and still go to hell. That can all happen. That's all fine and dandy. But we find that he says the culmination of those things, when it all comes together and what happens, when is the new birth materialized is when the baptism of the Holy Spirit hits in the soul realm. That's why he says it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. In other words, stop splitting hairs. He says then, we're filled with the Holy Ghost, our fibers and beings that's already been preserved in God. As Brother Brown said, he says, I'm not losing any hair. I haven't lost a single hair in my head. When his wife says, Oh, you're getting bald, he says, I know you talking about, I haven't lost a one. He says they're all over there in glory, just waiting for me. Yes. <laughs> one day it'll just materialize. <laughs> Amen, brothers. I haven't lost a one. It's not getting any thinner. They're all there. One day, it'll just materialize. Your wife will look at you and morning. Hey, you're looking handsome again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Can't wait till she says that. <laughs> he says, there is a glorified body already waiting. You have to go to it as soon as it's over. Those whom he's justified, he's already glorified. This is what I was saying a while ago, the negative and the positive. See, I'm just closing with a few thoughts here. Seeing that we are here, negative, we're just a negative. The positive is just around us. The immortal spirit that was upon us shall never die. That's the positive. Well, let's get to this. He when Jesus come, he come to destroy the works of death. In the resurrection, death will be forgotten of what? In the resurrection, death will be forgotten of what you was. You're growing, eating this food, and it's building you up into a beautiful young lady or man. He says, and and... And that's what you'll be in the resurrection. God's only painting the negative picture. It's only you that's coming into the prime of your life. You're eating this food and you're, 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 you're growing and you're getting stronger and stronger. What is it? God's painting the negative. God's painting that to you young people that you're there in the prime of your life, Brother Anthony, right there in the prime of your life. He's painting a negative picture to what reflect the positive. It's a reflection that there's something Waiting, there's something that can't die we live in the negative but when it's developed to the positive let me ask a question what are you scared about? we're the seed of Abraham we got the promise God promised it and the time of the promise is drawing nigh that's in 1956 the time of the promise is here it's here church it's here where now the negative has done been painted. It's time to start blending the negative with the positive put on the same mind that was in Christ. Let it be in you. Let the same mind, the same one, the same thoughts, the same reasonings, the same imaginations, the same affections. Let that mind be also in you. Don't just limit it and say, oh, I got a new birth. Praise the Lord. Let it come out. Let it manifest and be the revolute around you to begin to take control of your spirit realm. Amen. So that you in your own conscience, you begin to think different. You begin to act different. You begin to talk different. Your affections are different. Your affections are on the things of God. Your imagination, oh, your imagination should be used for what? To imagine the positive. We get so busy imagining the negative. Oh, could you imagine if I had this sickness and that? Oh, it'd be a great testimony. Oh, you're still in the negative. Get over it. Start to imagine the positive and imagine yourself as a positive, as a theophany body with no sickness. Let the mind that was in Christ be also in you. As he began to imagine it, oh, Jesus, he was a man, but he was God. As he began to pray and he began to use his imagination when he hung there on the cross, he willingly endured it for the joy that was set before him. God was working on his imagination that he could see something that was to come. He could see the positive. What are we spending our spirit with? What are we consuming it? What are we filling it with? All kinds of negative entertainments and all kinds of negative things that are dragging us down and closing off the spirit so it's stuck in your soul. You say, oh, but Brother Andrew, I'm sealed today. My retention, praise the Lord, there's zero reward in that. You'll make it there, but with no reward. But to you that can take on the mind of Christ, to you that can live for him, serve him, be his, be his feet, be his hands, yeah. be his mind, think his thoughts. Yeah. I so appreciate what I said on Wednesday. There'll be no surprises over there. There'll be lots of surprises over here. The scripture talks about that. Did not we do this and many mighty things in your name? They were shocked. Why didn't we make in the rapture? What's going on? How come I didn't get a body change? What's going on here? They were surprised. They were shocked. But to the ones over there, to the bride of Christ, there's no surprises. Yeah. Praise be to God. Brother Solomon, you won't be coming up to me. Brother Andrew, are you ma- I made it. I can't believe it. No, there won't be any of that going on. We praise the Lord we're here. Praise the Lord we finally made it. The promise has finally been fulfilled. This is what we've waited for all these years. This is what I've been preaching about. This is what Paul preached. This is what Brother Brandon preached. This is what Brother Harold preached. This is what Brother Ed's been preaching. Praise be to God. There's been no surprises over there. It'll just be one glorious revelation. Oh, this is just a negative, a picture waiting for it to be developed someday. And death is the only thing that can develop it. Oh, hold on a second here. Death is the only thing. You mean I got to die? No. When you die out to yourself. The new picture starts on the inside. Then that new creature, Christ Jesus, begins to show itself through. And one of these days he will come and receive you up to himself when the whole thing will be changed and when this negative shadow will become a positive. Yeah. Praise be to God. I could give you another quote out of the church's book where he says you are a new creation. There is no more of the old creation anymore. It's a new creation. It's all new. It's all in him. It's not some part this is some part. It's blended up so much so you're not looking at it going, oh, I see a little bit of me in there. No, there's no more me. Oh, praise be to God. Praise be to God. Let's stand to our if The musicians will come. Death to self, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. I die daily. He begins to talk about it in 1 Corinthians where he begins to say, You know, you ask yourself, what kind of body will we, will we come back in? He says, Oh, foolish questions. Don't you know that something, in order for it to live, it's got to go in the ground and die? In order for it to come back again? We always want to take that as a natural death. No, he's talking about a spiritual death. Don't you know that in order for you to live in Christ, you've got to die to yourself? You've got to die out. Daily. It doesn't mean you gotta be born again every day. No, not for a moment. You're born once. How many of you were born multiple times naturally? Once. How many of you were born multiple times spiritually? Not one of you. You're born once, but you die out to yourself daily. Why? Because you got to lay this spirit down daily. You got to lay this old flesh down daily and keep letting it die. Keep putting it down on the ground and say, no, it's dead. Why? So that there could be a new life, a new creature in Christ Jesus begin to raise up a beautiful flower, Brother Amen. Kevin. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. That sounds like a good song. In Prisoner's Chains bleeding straps Imprisoned prison's
1: chains, with bleeding straps Paul and Silas pray.
0: This doesn't mean you're not born again. This means Satan's afflicted you in your spirit. Just reach out anyways. Praise his name. Say, Lord, I love you. Just reach out to him. Break those
1: chains. Reach out anyways. Your name, Lord. Oh, I bless your name. I bless you.
0: you got time for just a little bit more I just can't leave you without this this is the negative and the positive coming together until they both become the same thing that's exactly when the church and the word has to be one like Christ and God was one just exactly God has was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself and so will Christ have to be in the church. The anointed of the word to make everything fulfilled. That's the capstone that comes upon the last church age. What is it? Fulfilling every word of God. Not the Laodicea now. It's a calling out of a bride out of a church. Church out of a church. And otherwise, we're just like he called a nation out of a nation in Egypt. He called the nation, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So he's called you out of a nation, out of a church. you to be called his bride. To do what? To receive the capstone. Because you are the ones that could be molded, that would accept the chastening, that would accept the, 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 the scourging of the Father. Why? For what purpose? So that that capstone to fulfill every word would fit you just perfect. Oh, praise be to God. We're living in that day right now and we're we're grateful for these things that we've been seeing. Aren't you grateful? Aren't you grateful to live in this day? Say, this is the day of the coming of the Lord. This is the days of Elijah. Behold, he comes. These are the days of Elijah, declaring, manifesting, materializing the word of the Lord. Praise be to God And you. oh, You are the privileged ones to live in this day, to live in this day. Oh, it makes me so upset at the devil that made this day such a day of soft flesh. That we can't just sit in the Word for hour after hour. I wish I could. I wish I had the energy and the strength. But this body is so broken down. It's so soft from the food of this age. But this is the age where all the mysteries have been revealed. All that God has, He's poured into the church. It's all for you. It's the capstone ministry. The Son of Man. The body, Word of the Son of Man. You're feeding on it. I'm feeding on it. Oh, that Paul said, "I desire to look into it." You got it. Praise be to God. Oh, that Paul desired to look into. Oh, that John desired to look into. Why John saw it in types and he began to look at it. He said, "Don't write it, John. It's all going to be revealed in another day." And that's today that you're living in it. You are a privileged people. You're the bride of Christ. You know, tonight after church is over, I'm taking one sister home with me. That's my wife. At the end of it all, God's only taking one girl home with him. That's his bride. Oh, you're a privileged girl. You're a privileged woman. You're a privileged bride, church. Praise be to God that he's saying there's one I'm coming for. There's one I'm taking back with me because she called me down. She called down the capstone, so I'm going to take her back up with me. What like the brother said on Wednesday, I'm sick and tired of going back and forth and back and forth. He's sick and tired of going back and forth, church. He's ready to take you up to glory. If we could just accept it and say, Lord, even so, come. Lord Jesus, come. Just any day now, oh, my Lord is coming. Why don't we sing that little song together? I like it so much. I don't the voice, but behold, he comes. These are the days of Elijah. There was an Elijah in the Old Testament. There was another one that forerun the coming of John. There was two Elijahs, really, in the Old Testament, Elijah and Elisha, right? Two spirits. But now we come, same spirit, sorry, two men. But we come down now, John the Baptist, the spirit of Elijah. Now we've had another Elijah. It's still going on. These are the days. There'll be another one come, too, but that's the Jews. I don't want to be here for that. I want to be somewhere else. Hallelujah! These are the days
1: of Elijah, declaring the words of the Lord. Are the days of your servant Moses' righteousness being restored? And these are days of great triumph. back.
0: Hallelujah
1: And these are the days of
0: There's no God like Jehovah. You realize what you're saying in that? There's no God like the God that dwells with his family. There's no God like my Jesus that said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. There's no God like the Holy Spirit that's with me, in me. Oh, praise God, it comforts me. It leads me, it guides me. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like
1: Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise be to God.